Welcome to another episode of the Overflow Podcast. My name is Ian Warner, and I am the community pastor here at Cottage Grove Church. And I'm excited to have Abby Longstreet on. Thank you so much for for jumping on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And I, I always like to start with why I brought you on here, just to affirm what I what I've seen in you in the time I've personally been around you here at Cottage Grove, and uh, just coming in and, and seeing you on the welcome team. You're usually, at least when I've come in. You're usually at the back doors uh, coming in through the parking lot. Yep. And you just always have a, a smile on your face. You're always pleasant to be around. And you just have faithfully served. Um, our church has has been through a lot. And you're one of the people I would say is a face that it's just always good to see. Oh, she's still here. She stuck, she stuck with us through this. And um, that's not easy to do. So thank you for mm-hmm. just being faithful and just continuing to be a part of the body. Yeah. Thank you, man. So... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you came to me and you had <laughs> a wonderful idea and you just, uh, yeah. Kind of I word vomited at you. Yeah, yeah you, you, you did, but it was perfect timing. I was just chilling and I was probably just word vomiting in my own mind, like I always do. And, um, but you, you had a, an idea and I just want you to just talk a little bit about that idea and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about it. Yeah. Um, I would say I, I was sitting in the pew, uh, trying diligently to listen to the sermon, but kind of going through my head, just a handful of conversations that I've had with um, clients, with friends, just with, and honestly, videos I've watched on TikTok, all kind of pertaining to deconstruction and just like, um, what should our response be to that? And um and it's not to say that like our church hasn't addressed any of those topics, but like there's not a really great avenue to like have any good discussions on that. And so um, I just was kind of thinking what, what could an avenue like that look like? And um, yeah, I guess a, a podcast of sorts came to mind and um, I, and it was just kind of one of those, like once the idea popped in my head, like the, you know, the ball got rolling and I was like, I need to tell someone. And um and I was like, is Ian here? He's here, isn't he? And so that's why I accosted you in your office and was like, really quick, let me, you know, tell you all the things. And um, yeah, hence the the word vomit. But um, yeah, so that's kind of the the general idea. So so being a, a hairstylist mm-hmm. um, it is talking about church, um, God, Jesus. It's like, is that is that something that comes up in in conversation? How how does that kind of yeah. how does that kind of go? So it's been interesting. Um, so I worked at a salon for about 10 years and this last July, I just moved to a new one. And so before I was in kind of the Clive area and we had kind of a, uh, like almost like South of Grand kind of clientele. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm in Ankeny, which is like oh, <laughs> kind of a different world. And um, I'm from like the suburbs in Urbandale. And so I, you know, new territory, mm-hmm. but um I feel like before church conversation, anything, you know, pertaining to religion in general was kind of just general niceties. And, you know, after getting to know my clients, it's like they all knew I went to church. They knew that I was involved in Bible studies and that was a priority in my life. But I I feel like some of those conversations were really Mm surfacey. But what I have gotten to realize is that, um, Ankeny in particular, is that I would say, a largely churched population, which is different than what I'm used to. Um, 
And so what's been very interesting is like in my conversations with clients, it's been like you get to know them, you start talking about stuff and then you kind of, you know, somehow church comes up and they all go to church or they've all been to church, you know, and, and I think that's kind of some of where some of those maybe deconstruction conversations have come up because sometimes it's like, well, we went to church and then COVID and we, we, you know, we don't necessarily anymore. And, um, yeah, so that's been way different because before it was like topic topic you kind of skated around and you know, we're just it was a little more like keep it surfacey because you don't want to ruffle feathers and stuff and politics were a little, you know, a little more surfacey and stuff whereas now it's like okay, you go to church, where do you go to church? What's happening in your church? How are you involved? Um which is awesome, but um yeah, I've I've definitely had some deconstruction conversations with people too. So, and just in case someone yeah. listening to this Abby doesn't know what deconstruction is, how would you break down? So, and it's funny because I feel like that wasn't even a word that I had any knowledge of. Mm. It's Probably. a newer, it's a newer, yeah, yeah. newer concept pre twenty twenty. And quite frankly, you know, during twenty twenty, I was out of a job for a solid two months, and I discovered TikTok out of boredom, <laughs> as I think many people did, and. um it's interesting as you are on any form of social media, really, as you start scrolling and stuff and it starts kind of catering it to you. Somehow I ended up on this like deconstruction corner the, of the, TikTok. The, the, the algorithm realized you love yes. deconstruction. Which like that had like, I didn't even know what it meant. So yeah. that's why I was, I was so, I was like, okay, I feel like I need to, you know, Google this term really mm-hmm. fast before I continue watching this video. But all of a sudden, you know, there's this side of, videos of you know people who were like questioning if the translations of the bible that we're reading are correct and talking about whether or not your church is affirming i didn't know what that meant um just saying a lot of things that sound convincing but you also kind of have that little like a little just like tingle in the back of your head of like okay maybe I, i don't think i agree with that even though this person sounds convincing, but I'm not entirely sure of like maybe biblically how to back that up or like why I think that way. If it's like, is this a biblical thing or is this a like traditionally the way my church has done things through the years? I don't, that's why I don't agree with it. And so I feel like that's a, I think that's a huge part of the that conversation is like, do we, are we opposing things because it opposes God's word? Or are we opposing things because it's just this tradition that we want to break away from? And that's a hard conversation. Well, I, I think, and this even now that you're saying that, it yeah. makes more sense why, how you wanted to start this idea yeah. you had is with the validity of the Bible. Yeah. Because once you can get someone to start going, is the Bible true? Mm-hmm. Then you can, you can kind of say anything because yeah. what... What do you go back to mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't think the Bible's true, mm-hmm. or maybe just a, a you know one book or a part of it, whatever, whatever aspect that you believe is not true? Yeah. Um, yes, we have. Then we don't have a firm foundation to say exactly. Okay, I'm gonna check what you're saying. I'm gonna test this. You know, mm-hmm. First John four talks about that. It's like you got to test the spirits. Like, mm-hmm. go back and test this, and come back to God's word. And it's like at the end of the day, um, if we're if if we don't think it's true. Even when you test it and you come to God's word, it's like, well, I don't believe God's word. So 
Exactly. And if you're having that conversation with somebody and you're like, and that, you know, and their, their question to you is, you know, what's your basis for this, you know, frame of thinking or for, you know, proving your belief or whatever. If you say the Bible and they're like, yeah, well, I think that's garbage. Then it's like, you don't have like to stand on and like, quite frankly, that conversation might not be, is is a different conversation. But like when you're in a conversation with believers or people who are in the church or have been in the church, like once you get to the point of like our foundation is this God breathed word, then that's like, I don't want to say a leg to stand on because it's a firm foundation, you know? Um, And so that's, yeah, exactly why I want to start there because once we build some of that foundation of, okay, so once we understand like this is God breathed word of God, we really can trust these translations. It's not garbage. Then we can build from there. And then we can address the issues. And then we can start addressing. Because we're starting from the same place. It's like, if you're, that's why even, you know, one of the things I love from an apologetic standpoint, Mm -hmm. and I just growing up in Toronto, I was around a lot more Muslims than Mm. I would say most people in Iowa are, are used to. So, um, I love talking about the Quran and the Bible because we're on different, we're on two different yeah. pages. Yeah. No, not even two different pages. We're, we're, we're obviously on two different, two books. different books. Yeah. Right? Um, but if we can get someone to realize, oh, the Bible is true, then we mm-hmm. can start as that, as the firm foundation. But if you yeah. can't ever get to that point, you have to start by making the word of God. Yeah. God's, God's truth. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think even too, like, Sometimes what what needs to happen first is people need to just feel the love of Christ first, mm-hmm. and then they can get to the point where they're like, "Okay, there is a God who loves me. What does He say?" Mm-hmm. And then it's easier to point them to the Bible because mm-hmm. once they have experienced the love of God, you know, through community, through life experience, then I feel like it's a little easier to be like, "And here's what He says." Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So in, in your experience, why, and this isn't even just for Cottage Grove, but yeah. in general, with the church, why is addressing and talking about some of these things yeah. been such a hard thing to do? Oh, um, because it's uncomfortable. Um, personally for me, because I would say I'm a white girl from, a sub, from the suburbs with an intermediate knowledge of the Bible. So, like, who am I to speak on these things? Um, I think it's hard because we live in a culture that likes to be offended. Um, And we as Christians, the last thing we want to do is offend people in our just general niceties. Um, And I think that's probably where we have... Gotten away from uh, the fact that the kingdom of God is backwards and it's going to offend people. Jesus offended people. Um, and not like we should just be, you know, offending people right and left, but like I think we can have conversations, conversations like this in a way that is um, constructive in order to seek better understanding so that we can love people better. I mean, because I think ultimately at the end of the day is like, I, th- I think what can hinder Christians, just the church at large, from being a light to 
communities that they don't agree with is just lack of understanding. And when they don't understand and they can't, I don't know if relate is the right word, but we do a crummy job of loving them. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to do. So, Yeah. Uh, I think the, the call to, to love your neighbor can come with too many stipulations in our mind. For sure. And, and the reality is it's, easier, it's easiest to love people who are very much like us. Oh, totally. You know, if someone is, you know, a black man, they're from the same place as me here in Iowa, and they grew up loving track and field, and they love Christ. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's easy to be like, oh, I like this guy, yeah, because yeah, because I'm just basically loving myself. Um, but when someone is the complete opposite, mm-hmm. um, how do we just be with that person and be with them long enough that? Um, we know we have a firm foundation in God's word mm-hmm. that we're not necessarily going to get pulled out of God's word into what they believe. Cause I think yeah. what, what we tend to do is we're scared that. Um, it's like we're going to get swayed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If I, if I, yeah. if I talk with. I engage in this conversation too much. Like you're going to, yeah. I'm going to get sucked into this war pond. And now if For you know, sure. I'm not going to be a believer Yeah, because now I believe what this person believes. Um, yeah. Instead of being like, no, like what I can do is I can have you over for dinner and we can, we can talk um, and we can disagree. And that's what, it, that's what the shift that I think that is dangerous that's happened is it's really hard to disagree now and mm. be like, we're still cool though. Mm-hmm. Like we don't think the same about this thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, 98% of what we talked about, we we agree on. And we'll yeah. be like, no, that 2% that you didn't agree with me. And that, that makes us very, very fearful. And it's hard because there are, there are people who, if you don't agree with them on that thing that they, you know, find so important that, that, that can be a deal breaker. So that is hard mm. because I feel like that can make people not want to engage in conversations. Mm. I think, you know, as a, as a Christian, we take some too much of, you know, the salvation of others into our own hands. Oh, and, uh, so true. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. And um, what I've learned and what God has really convicted me on is there are people who I've been talking to about Christ for the last 10 years, mm. never showed any interest. And then one day they call me up, like something happened in their life. And it's like, man, tell me a little bit about this Bible thing now. Yeah. And all of a sudden God's changed their heart. Yeah. Like he softened their heart and. I think that's the thing with truth is we can give people the truth in as loving a way as possible. Mm-hmm. But then as time goes on, like maybe in the moment they are mad, like legitimately yeah. they don't want to talk yeah. to you. But as God softens their heart and softens their heart, they look back and they're like, wow, you know, Abby was the one person who actually sat with me, loved me, brought me, brought me in, mm. talked to me. I didn't agree with everything, but <laughs> they, that person still loved me. And yeah, um, yeah that's huge. Um, so for you, what are some of the, things that have been fearful or uh, that made you personally fearful about yeah. wanting to start this. Cause I think a lot of people in the church have ideas of things and they feel God calling them to do something, but then it's like, uh, it just kind of stops. For and sure. They don't, they don't go forward with it. Um, I, so I, I do talk, talk to people all day for my job. Um, however, I am naturally a shy person. So to, have a one-on-one conversation with someone is not that big a deal. But when you talk about recording it and putting it on the internet for the world to hear, like, Oh my gosh. Um, so 
when I initially had the first conversation with you, I don't know if you caught this, but the way that I was presenting the idea was as if, here's a great idea, someone else can do it. <laughs> and, and I was like, nah. <laughs> well, and then too, and then after that, I met with Wendy, and by the end of our conversation, she was like, how often this is going to happen? When will the first one be? And and I, can't, and I think in the course of our conversation, I had said, you know, I think it would be really interesting to have somebody like me, you know, who, like I said, you know, maybe a intermediate knowledge of the Bible, but also like just approachable kind of person. And she was like, so you, <laughs> I was like, I mean, no, but she was like, so it probably should be you. Right. And I was like, no. Um, yeah. So I appreciate you guys for giving me a little bit of a push. Mm-hmm. I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but, yeah. um, but, but I will say this. Why, yeah. why do you think the, like you, you specifically say I have an intermediate knowledge of the Bible. Why do you think that plays such an important role? in this? I think because I'm not somebody who's going to approach this as a, listen to me because I have all the answers. I'm a, yes, I have, you know, I have knowledge that I have gleaned over the last 35 years, um, you know, being, being a, a churched individual since I was a kid, you know, I know, I know Bible stories from, <laughs> from a young age, but I'm not an expert. And I think that probably makes me more approachable. And the fact that I still have lots of questions, I don't know, makes me, makes, makes it easier to relate to, I would say. Cause I think that is something that is, cause I think, I think the, the biggest thing about, I would say deconstruction issues in general is some of these are issues that I think with more biblical knowledge, you in a better foundation are things that you could hear and kind of know. Okay. I, I mean, okay. For instance, I remember seeing a TikTok video and it was like, Jesus is gay. Da, 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 da. And then the guy just kept going and it was like, what, what? No. Um, you know, if you have any, but you know, and he had a scripture to back it up, mm-hmm. but it was like, once I heard a scripture, it was like, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. And that does, that does not prove your point. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have really much knowledge of the Bible, that's, it, it might sound convincing. And if somebody rattles off scripture very convincingly, convincingly, it might sway you. And so if you're somebody with not too much knowledge of the Bible, it's a little, it's a little Im- maybe embarrassing to to have questions because I think oftentimes Christians kind of can give off this like, I've been in the church forever. I know all the things. I don't have any questions. I can go listen to a sermon and completely absorb, absorb all of what was said on stage and have complete understanding of it. And um, and I think sometimes if when people do have questions and they're not <laughs> you know, 15 years old, if they're older than that, I think people get a little embarrassed sometimes because I think they just have this, like, I'm an adult. I shouldn't have questions about these things. And so I think for me to be somebody who is an adult and still have questions about things can kind of like help carve a way to 
make it more okay to ask questions. Mm-hmm. So that was a really roundabout way of getting no, there. No, but. no, no. It, it, it's good. And I, I think the point you're getting at, there's so much there. Yeah. Um, and I, and yeah. I like, I think I'm again, trying really hard to like not be <laughs> offensive in, in the way that I'm saying it, but no, like, no, no, yeah. it's, I, th- I, I think it is something a lot of Christians feel yeah. that this, the standard, especially in the Western world of Christianity is mm-hmm. knowledge of the Bible. Yeah. That is like the, and that was something you and I talked about. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the it's the holy grail. And that doesn't mean that knowing God's word isn't important. It is. Uh-huh. But the problem is a lot of like, God's going to use who he wants to use. Mm. And not everybody needs to hear from an expert. Yeah, that's so Because true. when you're an expert, sometimes you don't have the humility. You're, yeah. like, you're like, oh, I know this. Yeah. So you think about, um, I think people who take a very hard complementarian stance. Yeah. They're just like, listen, it's so clear in the Bible. And I, I can understand what they're saying when they say that. It's mm-hmm. like, you're like, no, it's just, it's just clear. Like, look, just read the words, right? Yeah. But when you don't have the humility, you just be like, wait a minute. Let me just listen. Let me chill out. Let me listen to what this person's saying. Let me, mm. that takes a lot more being and listening than mm. it does taking what your, your expert knowledge and just transferring it and saying, I know all this stuff. Yes. Now I don't understand how you don't, yeah. you, you don't, you don't see this. It's just so clear. Well, and I think, when you and I talked, you, you drew a graph on your on your whiteboard. Yeah, we really went in that. We day. did, we did. But it was like you know, one end of the spectrum was knowledge, and the other was experience, and um, just how I would say the the white evangelical church at large is heavily knowledge, whereas to your point, you said you know, um, like people of color usually draw more from experience. Mm-hmm. And how do we kind of bridge that gap in between them? And so um, that was definitely something that I have been mulling over a bunch since since we talked. Just to like knowledge is huge, but I also want to make sure a component of what we talk about is experience, because it's great to have this knowledge, but then life happens and we live through things, and you know, can the word of God? <laughs> help us through it can it can it shine in those dark times and um how to bring those things together yeah and so. and the reality is that hurt and experiences in life sometimes skew our vision mm, right we so get hurt true. and we don't we don't see clearly anymore yeah. because of that pain and but yeah my my encouragement to you again is mm. you're such an easy person to talk to and sit Thank down you. with um you listen um <laughs> the, the the intermediate knowledge of the bible yeah. um i can say with all certainty coming into being a pastor, especially in this season of so many hard things in the church and Mm -hmm. outside and just our culture and our world. Mm -hmm. um, I often feel inadequate, but when, when I am weak, he is strong. And what I think is actually cool is it challenges you to get in the word more. It It challenges you to, to know these things and to keep learning. And Mm -hmm. um, I always say to people having the, the humility to say, I actually don't know the answer to that question, but let me get back to you. Yeah. I've never had someone be like, oh, that just proves you have no idea. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I never yeah. have thought about that before. Yeah. I want to take some time to think about it and I'll get back to you. And it removes that pressure to be like, I have to have an answer for everything on the spot mm. right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, if you asked me a question on this, I couldn't answer. I'd be like, hey, let's get you on for another podcast. Yeah. Like I'll get you on another episode and yeah. we can talk about that on, on another episode. Um, yeah. cause, I, Cause I don't know right now. And that again, it doesn't work for everyone. Some yeah. people need someone who's who is the expert. Yeah. And those people won't 
listen to whatever you do. That's just yeah. the, that's just reality. Dude. For sure. I know some people won't they won't like this podcast, yeah. and I know I know why. But for the people who do, you you shepherd those people yeah. and you be with those people. And, for sure. Um, yeah, I just think yeah, God just he just uses people in very particular ways for for His glory, and we just need to be faithful and, and play our part. Yeah. Um, the other thing that is interesting. So I have just gone through a Tim Keller book with a group of girls that I've been meeting with on the regular for the last eh, two, three years. Nice. And um, I can't remember what the name of the book is, but um, it's all about the character of Jesus. And one of the things that just kept coming back over and over, and I don't know if they ever said it explicitly in the book or if it was just something that we kind of came to a general, general consensus of was, Jesus' ministry was largely about being interrupted <laughs> and just like, you know, when that woman touched his garment, he didn't have to acknowledge her, but he took the time to do it. And like just so many instances in the Bible of like Jesus being like, he was on his way somewhere mm-hmm. and then he was interrupted. Mm-hmm. He was going to go do this thing and then he was interrupted or people were acting a fool and he was interrupted. Like just so much of that. And like, are we willing to let our lives be interrupted and um yeah that's good this isn't a convenient thing for me and uh but like i'm i'm gonna try to uh, let be be a little interrupted so and i i would say even with the interruptions that's that's the difference in the good samaritan story it's Mm, mm. the 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 religious men they didn't want to be interrupted they had somewhere to go so they went to where they were going yeah and that's us all the time. I, I've been convicted by this being in ministry. I, I want to sit down and work on something at my desk and mm-hmm. someone needs something. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. come on, just let me work on what I want to work on. Let me do what I want to do when right. I want to do it. You know? right. um, but it's like, you're right. We have, we have to die to ourselves um, and recognize, okay, this person needs this right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to be with them. And yeah, that's hard. Yeah. I, I want to wrap this around to, and I kind of said this to you before we started with yeah. community engagement yeah. in the reason why I love what you had brought up to me, why it excited me mm-hmm. is because you cannot, you're not going to reach people in this community unless you're willing to have conversations you're probably not used to having. Yeah. And like one of those that has come up at least once a week, it comes up is people talking to me about demonic things. Like, wow. like I, like either themselves feeling like at one point they were possessed or uh, people doing witchcraft, like, mm. like real things that in the Christian circle, we don't really we don't really talk about. And what I, yeah. what I realized really quickly is, Ian, you're going to have to be comfortable talking about, like, I don't talk about witchcraft yeah. ever. Yeah. And you're, you're going to have to start engaging in that and pointing Dang. people to Christ mm-hmm. instead of the witchcraft they're engaging in or whatever thing that mm-hmm. they're, you know, different occult practices they're engaging in. Um, we have to have that conversation. And I think yeah. that just what you're talking about expands the deconstruction, all these LGBTQ plus and all that, mm-hmm. it expands all these different areas that yeah. you're not going to win over someone for Christ uh, who is a homosexual without, talk, like you can't just not talk about it. Especially if that's the thing that they are finding their identity in. Their yeah. whole ident- if their whole identity is wrapped, you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to go there. And mm. if you just avoid it and just shut it down, well, then they're just going to avoid Christianity and, sh- and shut it down. They're yeah. just going to respond in the exact same way. Totally. Um, and yeah, that's not, that's not going to win people over. So no. um, yeah, I, as, as I just thought about that more and more, um, I would ask you this question. Mm. What, in, what encouragement would you have for 
others who are exactly where you are right now yeah. today. There is something they, that God has been pulling them towards, um, but they're but they're fearful or um, they're just not sure what to do. Yeah, um, I would say two things. I'd, well, three things. I'd say pray about it first, um, and then talk to somebody who you trust, somebody who is um, another believer who you think could either, you know, speak some wisdom into that or um, give you just some sound advice of like, hey, that's a great idea, or maybe we need to circle back to that. Um, that can that can kind of speak some truth into that. Um, it's sometimes it's sometimes it can be hard to ascertain. Like, is this just something that I'm excited about, or is this a like a nudge from God? You know. Um, and then I would say to um, my dad always uses the example. You know. God can speak through a donkey. He can use you. So um, you, I think that's definitely something that holds people back. I mean, myself included, like why me? Like somebody, someone better, someone more qualified could do this thing, could, could, could do it. But like God and, you know, put this idea into my heart and head and, um, you know, through the <laughs> wisdom of others, you know, they have encouraged me to do it. And so, um, yeah, if you have an ideal, pray about it, talk to people, and, um, you know, trust that God will pave a way for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God qualifies the unqualified. Oh, so true. <laughs> he takes, you know, I, as obviously we've been in the book of Exodus, and I yeah. just think about Moses, like how he started. Yeah. It's like we forget. By the time we get to where we are now, we're, we're around like, you know, 27 area. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. like, Moses started off like, what? Who? Like, why? What? Not me. Yeah. Like, don't, no, find somebody else. Like, I'm not the guy. And, uh, but little did he know God had been preparing him for it all along. Like, he had sat in Pharaoh's place. He had yeah. um, seen how things operated there. He knew how things worked and mm-hmm. how Egyptians, how their whole society worked because, um, because he grew up in it. And, yeah. um, but yet, yeah, didn't matter. God was like, nope you're the one and I'm going to use you not because of who you are uh, because, but because of who I am. And we all, we all, I need that reminder all the time. It's not Mm going to be from my own strength. It's going to be from he who works in me. So Mm. yeah. God uses the reluctant. Mm -hmm. Abby, um, I appreciate you hopping on. I appreciate you coming and talking to me. Um, And again, even if you don't, even if this doesn't, you don't do it. Yeah. Um, It still was just a blessing to my soul just to, I love when people have ideas and um, they're passionate about something, Mm -hmm. they're excited about it. And um, I do think it's something that people need it. Um, I have a a young man who I've been discipling as best I can. His Mm -hmm. life's pretty wild, but uh, he, he wants to start a show of just interviewing drug dealers. Wow. And trying to pull them into crap. like, and you know, and at first when, he's, when you hear these things, you're like, whoa, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. My whole body seized up, mm-hmm. and, and uh, but it's like, well, someone has to do it. Like That's super interesting. Someone needs to bring them to Christ, right? Yeah. It's like they need to be saved, just like I needed to be saved, just like you need to be saved, right? Maybe that's an avenue to do it. Exactly, and it's wow. like just knowing God puts specific burdens on people's mm. hearts for specific groups of people, and um, 
Yeah. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for jumping on. I, yeah. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate appreciate your heart. Praise God. <laughs>